Welcome to a brand new series of York Hospital Ball, a series that covers York City through the decades, starting with the 1970s, and who better to kick off the series than with a man who scored 17 goals when York City secured promotion to the old second division in 1974. Jimmy Seal scored some memorable goals against the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United and formed a formidable partnership with Chris Jones that lives long in the memory for York City supporters. This episode is sponsored by the nearly departed app for iPhone. If you travel by train, you need nearly departed. Whether you're travelling to work or to an away game, nearly departed will help you get there by showing live updates to your train service. The app has been carefully made by a York City supporter and is available for free in the Apple App Store. So download Nearly Departed today, ready for when you next travel by train. But for now, Series 11 and the 1970s era begins with the wonderful Jimmy Seal. So Jimmy, thank you so much for giving up your time to join us on Hospital Radio. This series is covering every decade from the 1970s to the present day, so it's brilliant to have you cover that amazing period of of time for York City Football Club. But before we start talking about York City, I thought we'd briefly talk about your time at Wolves, who you joined as an apprentice the day after you left school, I believe. How did you end up at Wolves? Because I think you're from near Wakefield originally, is that right? Well, yeah, near, near Barnsley. There was a Wolves scout called Mark Crook. I can still remember his, his name. A nice man. And uh, he, he watched me playing for Emsworth School. I was captain of the school and all, all that. And he came to see my family, my mum and dad, uh, asked if I could go to Wolves on a full-time basis. And they... Undenied a bit about it, they were a bit worried that I'd be too young at 15, I was only 15. But anyway, I went uh, as an apprentice, I had a sort of three year contract. But when I was 17, I was lucky enough to sign pro, so I was doing well. And I think when, when you started there, you you weren't originally a striker, were you? What what position no, were you? What uh, who changed you into a I used striker? I think I was like Bobby Moore, that <laughs> position, left left half, you know. Yeah, that was my image of me, and looking up to Bobby Moore, I happened to play against him about. Three really come times. on to that, yeah, yeah. Right, so that was great. He actually called me Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, these little things, you know, it's great when you when you're not a top star, which I wasn't, but when they, when you mix with them, it's lovely. Too. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, and so many good players ahead of you at Molyneux, including someone called Peter Knowles, who I, I oh, researched. Peter Knowles. I think I read somewhere you said he was the best player you ever played with, Correct. touted as the next sort of George Best, future England international, and then I believe some Jehovah's Witnesses came yeah. to his house. And he never, never played football again, is that right? Yeah, correct. Corrected everything you said. He was a little hero of me. He lived in the next village, Fitzwilliam, where Jeff Boycott came from. And I was from Hemsworth. But I never knew him until I was at Wolves. And he's a fabulous player. In training, unbelievable. But there was a, a knock on the door. He was married. There was a knock on his door and it was Jehovah's Witness. He invited them in. And I, I believe, I'm not certain, I think it's true, he was just going to take the mickey out of them, you know. Nothing nasty, but... You know, just have a laugh with them. But something clicked. I never played football again. He yeah. went in to see the manager, Bill McGarry, and said, I'm not playing again. And he said, why? And he says, because I think I could break someone's leg. And that was the reason he packed him. And plus of the quick belief he had in being a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, Incre- incredible, isn't it? And, oh. and I think I think Wolves 
rated him so highly that they kept a contract out there, mm-hmm. I think, for the next sort of 12 years or something like that, didn't they? Well, kept well, paying well. him. And that that's, you know, shows how highly they regarded him. Top, but, top player. But yeah, strange how, how he, you know, sliding doors moment, isn't it? If yeah. they had not gone to his house, who knows? And, and I believe as well, he says he had no regret, no regrets about that either. No. Yeah. And he's still going strong. Uh, yeah. I spoke to someone a week or two ago that lives in Wolverhampton. He was an apprentice with me. And he says he's bumped into him and he, he's fine, he's happy. Yeah. He says he doesn't look any different from <laughs> 24 or whatever he was. But uh, I find that one too hard to believe. But we all age a little, don't we? <laughs> Just a little, yeah. You, you only played one first team game, I believe, for I Wolves. Did, yeah. But what a game to play in against West Ham, who had yeah. Trevor Brookin, Bobby Moore, who you mentioned yeah. a minute ago, Martin Peters, Jeff Hurst in the side. So if you're ever going to play one game for Wolves, it might as well be against yeah, some people yeah. who won the World Cup. Oh, it was great. I was so nervous. But once I got out on the pitch, it eases you. You know, you don't get too nervous. Harry Redknapp played as well. Right. So, a lot of well-known people. I had what I'd call an average game. I didn't do anything great. Didn't do anything bad. But it was a learning curve, you know. I thought, well... And I only got in because there was an injury. I knew that. I mean, I was only... I was 18. Yeah. And so... I, I knew I would be straight back in the reserves when the other chap got fit, which he did the following game. <laughs> and then I was sub against Leeds, Billy Bremner, all these, at Molyneux. And that was the first time I'd ever got on the pitch. 50,000 there. What a feeling. I'd never had that before. It was similar at West Ham, but not quite the same being at, on your own ground. And it's wonderful, that. Yeah. You can see, you can see in your on. eyes how, how, how much you can vividly remember, oh, it, which, yeah. which is incredible. You had a productive loan spell with, with Walsall and then signed for Barnsley. Was that to try get more first-team football or was it kind yeah. of to get back to Yorkshire or a bit of a combination of no, the two? No, nothing to do with Yorkshire. Uh, it was a, the manager called me in his office and he says, look, you're almost in the first team, but I'd like to have some some games in the third division with Walsall. And I was one of the first ever loanees, you know, and off I went to Walsall. And I, I loved it, actually. Nice people, nice lads. It was a bit rough and ready, you know, with some of the football. And, you know, I was a little bit sharp and these big centre-halves come kicking you a bit, you know. But I did enjoy it. And I did go back again for a further three months, which was just as good. I scored loads of, I don't know how many, quite a few goals, which was nice, you know. But then Barnsley came along and they offered money for me. And it was Barnsley or, or Walsall. And the manager said, I'll leave it to you. I said, oh, Barnsley. Even though you'd had that spell at Walsall yeah, and you enjoyed yeah, it, yeah. I thought Barnsley were a better team. It was nothing to do with family because we only lived six miles from the ground with mum and dad and the rest of the family. But no, it was just a professional decision, which I thought was a good decision, you know. Yeah, well, you did well, didn't you, in your only season there? 12 yeah. goals for them and, and two good games against York City, I believe, and, uh, and that maybe caught, caught the eye. I remember um, Chris Jones saying in, that when I spoke to him a while back, he said that when he played against that York City backline, he said they used to pass you along a little bit and kick him and pass you to another. So yeah. was, that, was that experience yeah. the same for you? Yeah, well, if the, if the same man keeps doing it, he's going to get bulked. So they just pass it on. You have a go, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. But, I, I mean, I wasn't a hard player. I could take a few knocks, you know, which you had to. But uh, that was OK. I enjoyed Barnsley. Play with Eric Winstanley, the centre-half, and captain has died now sadly but he was a top player as well he was probably well they did say he was the best centre half outside the first division so I enjoyed that and then uh, Mr Johnson came in for me Yes, and that that's, that brings us on nicely. Yeah, in, in July 1972, for six thousand pounds plus Kevin McMahon, I 
believe. Um, is it just sort of once a bid's accepted for your services, that's you as a footballer, you're on your way? Is that is that how it works? Would you have liked to have stayed at Barnsley or was it... No, I wanted to go. I, want, I think York was a better move again professionally. And I met Tom Johnson in the Oakwell Barnsley's uh, car park in his, in his car and... This big posh car and we're going through the finance there in those days you, you meet the manager tell me about your family they offer you the money what they're going to pay you and everything's all done within 15 minutes yeah no agents in those days no agents <laughs> I, I was my own agent but I was quite good at it I won't go into what uh, I asked for or anything like that but I got what I wanted yeah I, I wanted a bit of money and I wanted to play for York yeah so play for York was the the main thing. Yeah. That first season was tougher, wasn't it? I think both for the team and for you personally. I think the team went 11 games without a win at the start, yeah. including eight without scoring. For yourself, only three league goals all season, yeah. despite playing around 30 games. Was that kind of after a while, has that become confidence then, that, that you, you stopped kind of doing things that are natural to you? Uh, well, you do. But the initial part of that was I lost my mum and dad. Right. They both died just before I signed for York. And I was hopeless. I couldn't train. I couldn't play. I wasn't bothered if I played or not. You lose your mum and dad within yes. within four months of each other. It was a killer. That it really was. Anyway, you, you get over it, and it was a poor season for me. Like I said, I wasn't interested to be honest, and I was a little annoyed because they did put it in the papers what had happened to my parents. But they still booed me at first mm. for the first twenty games. I thought. Well, you know, come on, everything turned for the better. It did, and just before the end of that season, I think you, you scored one of the goals at Rotherham away on the last day, didn't you, to help right. keep the keep the club in the division. I believe it was the hardest shot you ever hit. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> and do you remember you remember that goal quite well? Well, John Stone was a centre-half or full-back, and uh, Tom asked him to play it with me. I think, uh, don't think Chris was there then, Chris Jones. No, he came the season yeah, after, yeah. Yeah, so I was usually up on my own. It was nice when John came because he's, he, I think he scored that game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you both scored. Yeah. yeah. And we needed that win. Yeah. You know, we really needed it. So. And what was Tom Johnson like as a as a manager? Because I, I think when I spoke to Graham Crawford, he he said that he'd sometimes have you guys doing laps around the the Naves Mire, and he'd just be sat in a car that was just full yeah. of smoke. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he didn't have a, a big character. He didn't come in shouting or bawling or he'd just come in and talk to you, win or lose, you know. And he would put his cap on and his raincoats if he's watching training just come and watch he'd never join in it was it was a little bit too old I think to join in but it was okay No, nobody disliked him he did a good job actually he was very good at signing players on the cheap he signed a number of players that uh, and turned out you know very good yeah. Th- that was his best forte. An eye for a player. Yeah. Well, Chris Jones signed that summer and, and thus a memorable York City strike partnership was kind of formed. How yeah. much of that partnership was natural between you and Chris and how much of it was it kind of worked on on the, on the training ground? Well, uh, I think a lot of it was natural. I really do. But you, you do have to try and improve. Say if you go two or three games without scoring, then there's something wrong or the supply's not coming. But me and Chris, I was the target man and Chris was always going through, you know, and trying to pick up the pieces. And and it was a good understanding, really good understanding. Scored quite a few goals, so... You certainly did. And 
You, you mentioned about supply line there and, and service. I mean, Ian Butler and Ian Holmes signed that summer as well. So that must have helped. I mean, I know the previous season you mentioned there about your mum and dad and I, I wasn't aware of that. And of course, uh, that comes well above football, doesn't it? Yeah, Football's a game. Yeah. It's not, not family, but, but kind of equally probably that season before you didn't have that supply line and, you, and as a striker you need you decent balls in the box don't you? so yeah. those two signing must have been a real big boost to you yeah Ian Holmes was uh, from my area from near Barnsley and we instantly got on we also had Barry Lyons on the right wing yeah Ian Butler on the left and if you can't get crosses from them on goal with your head there's something wrong Barry demanded that he did he, t- he certainly didn't mince words but you, you admired Barry and same with Ian really but Ian was a quiet person but he had some lovely skills about him I wish you all could have someone like those two now yeah. that'd be wonderful me too <laughs> yeah. you scored away to Charlton I think on the opening day of the season in a right. 4-2 win and then went on to score another 16 over the season as Yorks won promotion did it a real boost when you score on the opening day of the season because obviously everything yeah. in pre-season is geared towards that first game and then yeah. with you having the season you'd have the season before it must have been a great boost to score that goal with those new players and, and think right we're off and running now yeah exactly it was wonderful it was a, Phil Burris that got the ball from his left back position and all their players had come up to the halfway line so if you crossed you were offside so I waited and waited until Phil pulled his foot back and I was just onside ran through and I hit it on the volley <laughs> it went as low as low can be didn't touch the ground but went straight in the net wonderful really and that gave me confidence because I, I did struggle the week the season before we, we went from you know a good start to a really yeah. really good start and, it, and it's an incredible turnaround I mean I, again I was reading up on it in the past week and, and it was such a poor season the season before to, and to go from that to then what you went to yeah. was incredible really what what in your opinion was the the key changes that, that had happened what, what was it the signings was it and I, I looked as well Colin Meldrum was a coach as well I think he was quite highly regarded wasn't he yeah Colin uh, typical Scotsman Colin good trainer and he demanded more uh, Tom didn't you know Tom, Tom just talked to you never shout never say you do this you do that but Colin would but it was players like uh, getting to know top players like Ian Butler and ba- Barry Lyons Barry Lyons he was a manager in the end you know yeah and a good friend of mine Barry I don't think we got anybody else I mean we had we, we had Barry Swall and Chris Toppin at the back you don't get past them very often yeah and John Stone and Phil Burris we had yeah Great defence. Yeah, and then Graham Crawford behind. And, Graham, and that's yeah. probably why you kept 11 clean sheets in a row, which is, oh. again, is incredible. In Chris Jones's book, though, he says that, uh, he mentioned, he said, me, me and Jimmy Seal felt that the mentality had suddenly become to be defensive and keep that clean sheet, rec- try to break the record. And it, yeah. he sort of seemed to make it sound like it was annoying you and Chris because the emphasis was solely on defence and maybe at the expense of attacking at, at times it went like that we didn't want to let them score anybody score with us but I mean Graham best goal I've ever played with great goalie Graham Crawford shame about his kicking <laughs> if he is that he'll laugh but uh, yeah it was one of those things where we don't lose if we draw okay but that mentality kept we suddenly started winning and winning and winning and, 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 and it just snowballed yeah it really did and to sort of finish it to what I think towards the end of the season you're on match of the day I think against Hereford as well which should have been a great thing because match of the day was the main kind of source yeah, of yeah. Uh, football on TV unlike now and then 15,000 at home to Oldham on that that last that towards the end of the season that clinched the, the promotion it must have been an incredible feeling 
willing to have that season 17 goals for yourself like a real really good contribution to that, yeah. that promotion winning side what was it like that Oldham game and the, and the celebrations after it and everything the, the game was tense very tense but we were winning and we knew we were, we were going to win but for me it was just fantastic I've never won a promotion the lads all got on we all were all good friends everything was fantastic on that day and just to clinch it I think we drew it yeah one all yeah one all yeah yeah and uh, oh yeah full house everything everything was perfect sounds amazing oh, it there must have been a real spring in your step that pre-season knowing that you were going to be facing the likes of Manchester United Aston Villa rather than no disrespect but Southport who you'd been playing the, the previous season yeah was it kind of that summer did it feel different going into a yeah a season like did. that yeah yeah definitely I mean Man United the history they had uh, and Villa yeah you know, I played against Villa for Walsall and we beat them 3-0 but yeah unbelievable difference all these top players are still around playing and you're just coming through nicely you know yeah great and, and before you started that season I think you went on a, a random pre-season tour to Iceland oh we did I? do you remember that yeah <laughs> yeah the, the, I can't remember a lot about that I, I remember seeing all the uh, great big icicles and great big mountains and snow everywhere you played three games and I'm sure you scored in a couple of yeah, that, that was lovely it's great for Team Spirit you can't yeah. beat it we're all there all together wonderful yeah, yeah. a random place to go but was... we couldn't believe it we're going where Iceland well what's there apart from ice that was the typical <laughs> response yeah 1974-1975 in the highest level the club has ever played at even still now for York yeah. City you know equivalent of the championship and six years before this York City had applied for re-election at the same time as Man United had won the European Cup I mean it's staggering really to see that yeah. how, how things um, yeah. turned out and again that another great season for you I think you got 18 goals some really significant ones as well away to Norwich in a 3-2 win home to Nottingham Forest were two that sort of stood out but another two Old Trafford away 42,802 there left foot volley I believe yeah yeah. yeah. what's your memories of that game and, and the goal oh well that, that game we played so well and we really really deserved a, a draw at least and yeah 2-1 it was I remember the goal I remember it was Alex Stepney in goal and coming off the pitch I'm talking to one of our players saying oh wasn't it awful the beaters would play just as well as them and their manager Tommy Doherty the great Tommy Doherty heard me say that and he comes over and starts t- swearing at me saying what do you think you, what do you think you're saying son you don't know what you're saying we beat you fair and square and I said no he didn't I said we played well and I think we, he's wanted to fight me in the down the tunnel <laughs> And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a biggish guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have uh, liked to have been in if it had got me mad. But anyway, the lads separated us. They had to separate us. Wow. Which was, I thought, come on. You know, this yeah. is a game of football. You're famous, I'm not. I didn't know really how to handle it. Yeah. Anyway. Bit of an ego thing, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 Little old York City. Probably didn't like them scoring at Old Trafford. Uh, true. Yeah. yeah. And then Highbury as well in the FA Cup against Arsenal. And again, you know, this is well before my time, but reading about it, it said their keeper dived after the ball hit the net. Oh, it was my best goal. Uh, it was the Welsh keeper. It just come to me. It fell to me outside the box and I just let fly and it went into the roof of the net. And if anybody's got a, uh, something, of the, you know, a, a film of that, Please let me have it. I've never seen it. Right. I've, had, I've had that many people say, oh, I can get you that, I can get you that, but they never have. Never have, never yeah. have. 
But uh, Guy Morgan says he can get me it, but he never has done. I'd love to see it. Perhaps you can. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll put it out. I've, I've, there's right. been a few things that have come out on the podcast and we've we've said, you know, put it yeah. out there to people and, and things have happened. So yeah. um, we'll see and what we can do. While they have the Man U goal then. And the Man U, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Would be nice. I mean, um, I think it, for me, looking at it, it was a bigger achievement to stay up that season almost than it was to go up the season before. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You've gone up, you get prepared for the following season. The last thing is you want to do is to go down. I, I would think that would break the, break your hearts. But not a lot of people, well, there's a lot you can do, but it's, it's a difficult one, that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the level of opposition you were playing was, like I say, unprecedented. And So Tom Johnson left in that January, didn't he, of the season that you stayed up and Wilf yeah. McGuinness came in and, and he sort of gradually broke up the partnership of you yeah. and Chris Jones, didn't he? Yeah. Was, it, was that the sort of beginning of the end then, do you think? Well, he came and he was a funny man and he seemed a nice man, but he wasn't. Right. No, he wasn't. And he would sort of get rid of one of the lads that got promotion in the team Maybe one a month. Uh, I remember Barry Swallow in, in the bath saying, we're all having a bath together as you do with football. And uh, he said, look, he's getting rid of us all. It'd be your turn next in a month, your turn in a month. And he was right. Uh, maybe just a bit longer than a month. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to play under him. Not for me. He was for himself. All he wanted to do was get ex-Man United players in. And he did. He got about four or five, which didn't go down well with the rest of the lads I mean the, the lads that he got it's not their fault we would we tried to make them welcome but no the spirit had gone then when he came then we got Clive that's like a standing manager okay right. Clive, Clive Baker and he was great he, he knew more about football than anybody and he was wonderful but they didn't keep him on so I mean I think I think Chris Chris Jones felt that you you two deserved that opportunity to keep playing, you know, as you'd got got the club up, you'd kept the club up with those yeah. goals, you know, without those goals that yeah. that neither of those things happened, did it? And I think you played a little bit more than Chris under Wilf, but yeah. just didn't didn't see eye to eye and no, no. no. It was a shame that. You, you later went on to play for, for Rochdale and Darlington. Darlington and, first, yeah. yeah. And over a hundred goals in professional football. I mean, it's, um, it's it must be fantastic for you to look back. And I, I know it's a long, probably a lot feels a long time ago now. But, but yeah. you know, that's an incredible achievement, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, when it, when you get over that hundred, you think, well, you know, I've done something. Put my mark there. And uh, I enjoyed Rochdale and Darlington. Now, now they're not even in the league. Yeah, when we when I went there. They had a decent team. I remember playing against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup and we beat them at home. And that was good. And goal-wise, I can't complain. I think, you know, I wasn't a natural goal scorer. Chris was. Chris could turn around and knock it in. I had to control it and do all this stuff with that. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. You know, I, I've had a really good career. I only stopped playing uh, five-a-side football when I was 57. Yeah, uh, I read about that in the even, evening press I, I, the archives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that was looking great. Yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't want to pack in, do you? And you said you got a new knee recently as well, yeah, didn't yeah. you? Maybe play again. <laughs> Locking football. <laughs> yeah, I wish uh, I could play for York again. I really do. Oh, like I say, over 100 goals in professional football. Did you... That must have exceeded your wildest dreams when you were 15 and you were oh, running an iron about signing for Wolves. I mean, it must yeah. have been... You couldn't have dreamt of how it had panned out. Scoring yeah. at Old Trafford and Highbury and all these yeah. memories that you've got. I, th- I think uh, you, you don't really set a goal standard. What you do is you think, 
wow, I'm playing with all these top players and I want to keep playing with them all the time and I want to be in everybody's first team rather than get dropped or be in the I just want to play and play to the best I can. I think that's what you're really thinking, you know. Yeah, of course. How was the transition out of football? You know, because... When that's all you've known and you were yeah. 15 and, like I say, you, you left school and next day you, you're in Wolves Academy, as it were, and then into the first team playing Bobby Moore and then have uh, this career. Then for it to stop, you're not, yeah. you're not earning the wages that no. the Premier League players earn now. What What is it like to go get a well, get I, a job, you know, and be in the, in the real world? It must be quite a difficult transition yeah. for some people. How did you find it? Tough. First year, very tough. Second year, not so bad, and it does wear off. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't know what to do. Me and Barry Lyons were going to buy a mill ground. We'd done this history on this mill ground. It looks very good. But then Barry was asked to become manager of York City. So I said, Jimmy, said, I'll have to go. Just to, I said, of course you will. And so he, he left me to it. And I bought the mill round. Financially, it was good. Yeah. Uh, the only trouble was getting up at four in the morning. Yeah. From um, g- going to work at ten. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And... Uh, that lasted for 10 years, and then I become a decorator. I did that for 25 years, and I really enjoyed that, you know, uh, being my own boss, yeah, doing my own thing. All local, they all knew me, I mean, being the, foot, the ex-footballer helped. Yes. A lot of the husbands would, be, would want me to come and have a look at the job, and they'd be talking for <laughs> half an hour. They're going to apply me. Yeah, I think but, my dad was one of them at one point. Really? Yeah, I'm sure he was, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, because it, it must have been surreal moments where you, you like you say, doing the milk round at, say, yeah. five in the morning and thinking, God, a few years ago, I was <laughs> banging in a volley at Highbury yeah. and Keeper dived after the ball at it, didn't it? It must have been strange at times. Yeah, don't remind me. It, it was, but you, you get over it, you know. And I, I was still playing. I played for Gainsborough and I played for Goole in the Northern Premier League. I think about a season each at least a season eight, maybe a bit more. And that was okay. But Barry Swallow come to have a look at this uh, player we had playing up with me up front and uh, he was scouting for uh, York City. And I says, have you seen anybody you fancy then? He says, yeah, you. <laughs> he says, I'm not keen on the other lad, but I, I wouldn't mind you back there. I thought, well, that now it's, you know, just to perk me up a little bit. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, How often do you sort of think, think about your career? How, how often do you pop into your head and think? Well, uh, n- not as much as now as as before, obviously. But uh, you do, you know. You put the telly on, the footballs on, and yeah, it's. Oh, I played at that ground. I played at every ground when I when I finished football. I played at every ground. So when it comes on, I did some new ones now. Yeah, which I obviously can't have played, but. Most of them I played, and I, you, you do reminisce a bit, you know. Yeah. Oh, I remember that move. I remember the, somebody doing this and that. And yeah, uh, but not quite as much. You, you and, and how often do you keep an eye on York City's results? Do you ever get? Have you All been to time. the new stadium? All the time. I've been there. I've had a walk around, and they let me have a look around. And uh, it's a nice stadium. I think it's yeah. smashing. You know, a lot better than uh, Booth Crescent. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, I, I like I, I enjoy looking around, and I wish I could have played on it. You know, it's a lovely ground. That. And do you look at the pitch and think, God, I played on like bloody these yeah. heavy pitches, and yeah. some of the pitches you guys played on, I think I I, they, those games just wouldn't have been played called today. Have They'd have just off. been called off. And yeah. what, what was the impact of that on you? It must have a, an impact on your body and, and stuff when you when you well, finish yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So me, you know, I, I was a fit lad. I was a runner. I was a uh, 
Well, at school, I was the best runner, 100 yards, 200 yards, 400, everything. Uh, I could run all day, but you get those muddy pictures and it takes it out on your legs. Yeah. You know, people say, go on, go through. <laughs> you know, your legs won't let you sometimes. Yeah, or defenders won't let you because they're kicking you. Again, they would have, they got away with a lot more, didn't they, back yeah. then as well? Yeah, but now, I wouldn't like to play too much. I know I never will, so I can say this, but it's all played at the back now. Possession, possession, all the time. Square pass, back pass. The two centre-outs must wear the boots out, you know, six pairs a season. They never stop kicking the ball. There's, you know, there's nothing, no turning. I used to watch skulls at the United. He'd twist with the ball, turn round, and he's at you. Nobody does that, does that anymore. I don't enjoy watching it as much. No. And a lot of people... I bump into ex-players or just ordinary people say the same. Who was looking back on your career on the whole? It didn't have to be York City, but who, who was the toughest opponent that you ever faced? Who was the toughest? Best defender. Right, that's a hard one. Roberts at Arsenal, when we played at Arsenal, he kicked me up and down Dale. He really did. Never stopped. And uh, I kicked him a few times back, but he was a big, tough guy playing at home with 30,000, 40,000 there. That blimey. But yeah, he was really yeah. tough. Didn't want to speak. You know, usually have a little chat. Bowl's dead. But no, <laughs> he was the one. I could think of a few others, but no, he was the... He was the toughest. Prime. Well, at least you scored, scored against yeah. him as well. Yeah. Even better. If I'd have been a bit older, I might have took the mickey out of him. But <laughs> <laughs> no. if, you, if you could press a button to go back to one point in your career, like one game or one goal, what just to get that feeling back again, what... The Arsenal game. The Arsenal game. Definitely. Yeah, we drew there. We drew one apiece and we brought them back to boo them. And uh, we lost 4-1. Brian Kidd scored the hat-trick. Yeah. And they were booing Alan Ball. And he was the captain of England then. And I couldn't work it out. I said, I said I'm sorry. I said, but they shouldn't be booing you. <laughs> anyway, when Brian Kidd scored his, the fourth goal to finish the game off, he went. To, he walked up to the crowd right next to me and he said, you can all go home. This is, he swore, <laughs> but I won't swear. You can all go home now. Go on, off you go. It's finished. In his high-pitched voice and I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing at him. Thought, well, well said. He didn't need me to tell him, but fancy booing the England captain. Well, you mentioned about the I mean, boo you, didn't you? So, you know. I got on well with the York crowd and, and I loved them. They really liked me and I, I wouldn't like to have a go at them for that, but I just yeah. found it peculiar, that bit. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's a backhanded sign of respect, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe, yeah. And that, that's probably what Is it was. Good? Yeah. Yeah. Because he'd never been to Bill the Crescent before, I'm sure. No. Alan Ball. And he was the best player, second best player I'd ever played against. Bobby Moore's best. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, it's been fantastic to speak to you. I oh, really appreciate you giving up your time and it's been great to hear about that, that period of, of York yeah. City's history. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, thanks for coming and thanks for asking me. You've brought back a lot of memories. It's nice that you do this job to keep it going because it's 50 years. 50 years. Thanks, thanks again. It's a pleasure. Massive thank you to Jimmy Seal there for giving up his time. Really enjoyed speaking to him. Um, it was great company, a real, real gentleman. Allowed me to do the interview at his house as well. So uh, it was uh, quite an interesting, surreal interview because Jimmy had his dog who, who doesn't let, let Jimmy out of his sight. So we had to do the interview with uh, me and Jimmy, but his dog sat, sat on his knee the whole, 
all the way through and uh, he was very very well behaved thankfully and uh, you know it was really great to hear Jimmy's stories about his career um, always find it a absolute pleasure doing these things when you can see players kind of smile and a bit of a twinkle in their eye remembering um, certain memories and, and certain stories from the career and, and Jimmy was, was right up there with some of the best interviews we've done I think thank you to Graham Crawford as well uh, he was the person who really put me in touch with Jimmy in the first place so really appreciate that Graham and uh, hope you enjoyed the interview apart from the bit where he mentions about your kicking also big thank you to Matthew Flint who's created the Nearly Departed app so they're going to be big sponsors of this podcast series and um, you'll, you'll hear us mention them in quite a few episodes obviously York City fans so if you can get behind um, his business that, that would be greatly appreciated as it would kind of supporting us as a charity as you know York Hospital uh, Ball is, is associated with York Hospital Radio we rely on, on donations and sponsorship and uh, York Hospital Radio has now just turned 60 years old which I'm sure you'll agree is a phenomenal achievement to help us it's justgiving.com forward slash York Hospital Radio any donations are greatly received um, and if you if you don't want to donate you can still help us giving us a, a kind of review on iTunes is almost really helpful any sort of comments on social media anything you can do ca- to kind of help spread the word about the podcast is always uh, really appreciated we're really c- close to closing in on f- uh, 50,000 downloads since we started which is a, a phenomenal effort and um, you know I'm really proud of that so any way that you can keep spreading the word to, to other York City fans is, is really, really appreciated by us. So next week, it's up to the um, the 1980s. In fact, I'll probably be able to release that um, sometime in the week, possibly Wednesday. That'll be with Derek Hood, another really good interview, obviously played in an era under Dennis Smith and the 101 points winning side. So any player who played in that side is well worth listening to. I'm sure you'll agree when you hear Derek's interview in the week. Um, so until then, uh, thanks for listening.